Clear Shots is brought to you by Pinecast. Use the code R-63F8FB to get 40% off your first four months. What's a, what's a game, and I won't say, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm not going to say The Witcher 3 this time. But I think what's probably The Witcher 3. What's a game that uh, was critically acclaimed that all of your friends or most of your friends or a lot of your peers were completely infatuated with that you just did not understand the, the appeal? Whether it was critically or, or locally or... You know what I mean? Well, um, I would say Minecraft. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I tried to play it, and it was irritating that it felt like there was just... It felt like you would just do a bunch of building and shit for no payoff. You know, like, I feel like it's just a sandbox game with no objective or any, like, I feel like once you build something, that's it. Now you do it again. And I didn't like that it was kind of, I mean, I guess I didn't play it enough to really figure it out, but it was like weird because you kind of walk around like it's an FPS game or something instead of like an overhead editor of some sort. It's just kind of a weird concept, and I think the graphics annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> really? Did you yeah. play with Legos when you were younger? Yeah, no, but I was more of a Mega Bloks guy. <laughs> Mega Bloks were way better because you could build shit that like you could get inside of. They were fucking huge. Yeah, Mega Bloks were like this big. No, they had Mega Bloks that were tiny. I did have the big ones. Oh, too, those though. are the gay ones. You got to have the big ones. Yeah, I, I did have the big ones. I always made swords with them. Yeah, because <laughs> the big ones, you could build forts and shit. Yeah. Like, like you could build that whole lineup of cabin, cabins right there with fucking Mega Bloks. For sure. It's like they're not really Mega if they're the little ones, you know? Yeah, then they're just blocks. Right, yeah, they're just regular blocks. They're just a ripoff of Legos. Yeah, I can definitely see where Minecraft is confusing. Um... I think uh, I think the Call of Duty you, games, did, the newer Call of Duty games really were the ones that got me the most cuz people just play the shit out of Call of Duty still and they I don't get it. They don't and really I, change anything. I'm not going to say I don't get it because I played uh World War 2 last year. Yeah. But it was really I spent I basically spent $60 to play a game for just a month. Yeah. Also any game that's an RTS Fuck that. You don't like RTS? No, I'm never playing an RTS. Because I played Halo Wars, and I also played Command and Conquer, and they were awful. Because I cannot understand 
well, how you do anything in those games. I Because it doesn't matter what strategy I fucking did. It's like, oh, save up for like all your big units. Okay, I can do that. Or I can build a bunch of smaller units. But I never understood like map movement or any of that shit. Because your map is blacked out when you start. Yeah, I didn't. I don't like that about them. So unless you know the map already, <clears throat> you're kind of fucked. Uh, I definitely agree with Halo Wars. I never played CNC. Halo Wars, they're, I'd, they're the same. Yeah, I got I. Um, Halo Wars one and two <clears throat> are both on Game Pass, and mm. I downloaded the first. I didn't one. play the second one. I downloaded the first one, and um, I couldn't get past the tutorial. Everybody was telling me that uh, you know, it's because I, I do like. A lot of RTS games. I like the Civilization games. Uh, I liked End War. I like StarCraft. I like Warcraft. I felt like it was too confusing to, like, try and pick units and things. Like, hold and, hold and highlight all the units you yeah, want to use. Yeah, it definitely... They do not work on console. Right. I um, feel like it would definitely be better on computer, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, my... And, I would but say, I know people play those games, and people play Dota and shit, and I just don't get any of those top-down kind of game strategy games, you know? Yeah, I played... I, I never... Uh, Sean and Anthony tried getting me into Dota. I played with Sean quite a bit, because it was just fun to just, you know, get high and play Dota. But he was... Dude, Sean is, like, probably one of the best I've ever seen, yeah. like, ever. He's fucking insane at Dota. We're going to have him on soon, too. Yeah, I think I after Thanksgiving. I can't, I can't wait. Um, League of Legends I played, but that was another thing. I think it was mostly, it wasn't really the gameplay. It was really a game where, you know, I only, I only played in high school and college and it was, for me, it was a game where I can get a bunch of my buddies on, get drunk or high and fuck around and with like wizards and shit. I felt like World of Warcraft was one too. Yeah. I, I was going to say MMOs and then also, uh, Zelda is a game any Zelda game I I cannot I couldn't do it a lot of platforms I only the really only one I, I really played was uh, Ocarina of Time yeah and I really liked that game even but that was when I was a kid so I don't really know if I revisited it I'd probably still like it because I felt like it was a good game but all the other ones I didn't really play any of them besides Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild I was just gonna ask you and which then, Breath of the Wild felt totally different like Breath yeah. of the Wild felt to me like it was more of a like a Skyrim, like Witcher sort of thing, where it was an open world. I felt like in you know in Ocarina of Time, it's pretty linear. Yeah, I was gonna say also um, the new. I this is a thing I get I get trashed with a lot because a lot of my friends and I know you like it too. But the new God of War, I've played. I don't I I don't have a PS4 and I don't own it, but I've one of my friends got it and he wanted me to play it because I love Dark Souls and he mm -hmm. was like, "Oh, you like the combat?" And I'm like, "It's a little bit similar, but it's, it's a not, little similar and it's, it's just closer to a like a hack and slash." Yeah, and it was it was a weird. I don't like hack and slash games that are that s slow, and also from that perspective, I like the Devil May well, Cry. How far was he into the game at the time? Like, did he have all the weapons and shit? Yeah, like, he had quite a few. He had a lot of abilities, but it was really just it. it just it's like I think a part of it was it felt slower than I had wanted. Mm -hmm. It really felt kind of sluggish. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But um, once you get like all of the weapons, the combos you can pull off are awesome because mm -hmm. you can switch between weapons like instantaneously. So you're doing like, you know, like you're doing. You can do 
two different special attacks with each weapon. So if you chain your combo together, right, you can be like special attack with this weapon, switch to the other special attack with that, switch back to the other one, do mm-hmm. a bonus attack or whatever it fucking is, like the big special attack. And then you'd switch back and do another. And then there's like a big move too that you do like a, I think you push both of the LT and RT or whatever, mm-hmm. or L1, R1 on PlayStation. Yeah, and I, another one um, really came down to games like uh, Harvest Moon or uh, Stardew Valley. Yeah. Where it's like you you kind of just run a farm. Yeah, those are just kind of... I uh, those very much. They're very casual. They're just time sinks, really, yeah. is what they are. Uh, SimCity, games like that. I got Prison Architect. I never got into The Sims in general. Yeah. I, I got, felt like people played a lot of that. Yeah, I played The Sims a lot when I was younger, and I tried playing the newest one recently, and I didn't like it. And then I yeah. got Prison Architect, and I was really interested in that one, because a lot of people said it was fun, because you you're the warden of a prison. It's those kind of games, like even Fallout Shelter and things yeah, like that. I can't, I can't do, really I can't get do into. those. And, um, I played it, and it then... It has to have... Oh, go ahead. At a certain point, you realize... Like in Fallout Shelter, it doesn't matter how you build it up. Like at a certain point, things are too much for you, and there's no way to fix it because you've got you don't have the resources to fix it. So now you're fucked, and you basically have to start over. And it's funny too. Um, nowadays, I used to love uh, co-op. I mean, I used to play Roller Coaster Tycoon. That yeah. that's similar, you know. Like it's a mm. like I played Skitty, City Skylines, which was pretty cool. And that's I tried that one too. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. It's kind of like Roller Coaster Tycoon for cities. <laughs> yeah. Um. What the other one I tried? <clears throat> I love. I used to love games like Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Or Killing Floor. And I have Left 4 Dead two, and I have Killing Floor two. They're just repetitive. And I have both Vermintide games, Warhammer Vermintide. Yeah. And it's just yeah, that's the thing—the repetitiveness. Yeah, I feel like with Left 4 Dead, it was like there was four levels basically, mm-hmm. and you would just run through those short little campaigns, and that's it. It's like really, like what do you have to go for after you beat it? Another a big times? one too is the asymmetrical games that, uh, like Dead by Daylight, and Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. like uh, like Wes. Wes loves Dead by Daylight, and it's it sucks because I watch him play it. And I'm like, this is fucking dope. This is so fucking cool. And then it's like, I try playing it, and I... its They don't explain to you anything. No. That's the problem. Um, I mean, I tried to play both of those games, and I get... i, I you, They throw you in a game, and it's not really clear what your objective is. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of things highlighted on the map, but it's like, what do I do with any of these things? All, yeah. all I do is run away from whoever's attack, who's chasing me. Yeah, and I love... Uh... You know, I like right now, like I still play Human Fall Flat. That game, because I haven't beaten it still. I love that game. Yeah. I, I just play it even if I haven't beaten it, just because I like to pick it up and just play around with the physics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously I play a ton of sports games and like um, RPGs and stuff like that. But like I was saying, I was talking to Brian and Paul and Sean after you and Katie left D&D the other night about uh, The Witcher. Or no, it was before you guys got there. We were talking about The Witcher. Well, it's The Witcher for you. It's Dark Souls for me. Yeah. Like, I just and can't get into Dark Souls. Brian was like, well, you don't like The Witcher because you don't like the combat. And that's part of it. I didn't like the combat very much. But it's also, it's hard for me to get into an RPG 
where you're leveling up and micromanaging, but you don't make up the story. You're just placed into a story, you know? That's why I like games like Divinity or Pillars or Fallout or, or Elder Scrolls where, you know, you have your own headcanon about what your character's about, what your character thinks. Right. Does. When you're playing, I mean, obviously, it's diff- It's not exactly the opposite. Like, with The Witcher, it's like, yeah, you're playing as Geralt or Geralt or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you do make decisions. You do make decisions, but you're also playing as a character whose arc is set in stone. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then I guess the last one would be, uh, superhero games. Yeah. Um, uh, like I really liked, I, I liked the Arkham games. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty much, they're repetitive too. Yeah. But I, mean, I felt like they, the story was really cool. Especially the first one when you first hit like Arkham the Joker. Asylum was the first one, right? Yeah. I liked that one a lot. When you hit the Joker scene in that one, it's so cool. I liked Arkham Asylum a lot. I didn't like the rest of them. There was a scarecrow scene in the first one that, that was, was fucking fucked. awesome. Uh, and then also uh, Ubisoft classic, you know, fucking go go to this part of the map, clear it out, unlock yeah. it, shit like that. That got really repetitive too. Yeah, and it's also like get all these collectibles kind of things. Yeah. Those kind of open world games are like that. Mm-hmm. I think at this point I've been playing video games. I mean, we've both been playing video games for so long that we're- We've our, seen it all. Our, That's yeah, the thing. Our, our, the same thing with movies. You know, our, our likes and dislikes are very are very curated and very set in stone. Right. And they're expensive. Video games are really expensive. It, yeah. Well, and, I was thinking about that the other day. It's like you don't get to ch- like rent games like you used to. No. Like back in the day, you could pay five bucks and rent a game for a week. And if you really liked it, you would save up the money and buy it. And buy it, yeah. They should just do that. With Even with digital games, they should say, hey, here's you just pay X amount of money and you get to you get access to that title for X amount of time. Like 12 hours. Yeah. Or something, you know. That's why, like, certain Xbox games, they give you a trial. They give you, like, a four they should or five all, hour they trial. Should all they should that. all have trials. Remember demos? Like, demos, when or PS3 demos. and 360 came out, they had right. demos, and now they don't have demos anymore. Yeah. That's where I got a lot of the games I liked, you know? Like, Time Shift or uh, the Resistance games, a lot of sports games. Yeah, it's rare that you find demos. And a lot of times, what the demos are now are just betas. Yeah. And not all games have that, either. It's like with Red Dead. It's like... Okay, I would probably enjoy Red Dead, but number one, I don't want to put that much time into it. Number two, I don't know if I really want to play it mm-hmm. because I don't, I haven't tried it. Yeah, remember the best demo I ever played was Just Cause Two, mm-hmm. where because you just, can keep it, playing that forever. It, it drops you into the game. You have like medium leveled equipment, medium strength equipment. Yeah, and, and it's it just like, lets you do you whatever get a half, you want. You get what, like a half hour or forty five minutes at a time. Once your time's up. Yeah, and same with uh, Crackdown. Remember Crackdown? Yeah, it was the same thing. The demo was, the demo was, you know, you play for an hour, you can do as much as you want in that hour, and then when the hour's up, it's yeah, over. just let you sandbox with the fucking game for a while. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem is people don't want to pay sixty dollars to get a game that they don't like, and then what are you gonna do? Because on Xbox you can't refund them yet. No, apparently they're supposed to do that soon, but. You can't, if you buy it physical, now you've paid 60 bucks, and when you go back to GameStop, you're going to get 30 bucks for it. Yeah, and then if... If if, that. And then if you want to return it and get a refund, you have to have the receipt, and you have to buy it used. Yeah. But even then, you can only do that so many times before they get suspicious nowadays. Yeah, and also it's like, just the idea of getting up and spending $60 on it 
in general and all the work that goes into having to bring it back and all that shit. It's yeah. too much of a pain in the ass just over a game that you don't like. I honestly can't tell you. I think the last game that I dropped 60 bucks on was Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. And that was really just because, you know, I wanted, to, I wanted to play it. I thought I'd like it. And I did like it, but it's also a game where I you have to spend a lot of time. It's an investment it. game. And yeah. I just can't do it. I can't. Sp- I, I might pick it up again. Thing is, once you really get into, once you build your character and you're like in the post, like the, uh, the end game, that's when like shit starts to get, like that's when you can really build your character yeah. and have things be like this piece of armor works well with this and like this ability goes well with this. Like the helmet that I have lets me charge all my abilities if I'm using a certain subclass. So if I use the void subclass, I Every void kill I get, whether it's a weapon or a ability, it recharges my ability and super. So, like, I'm constantly, like, having all of my abilities charged just mm-hmm. because of the way my character's built. And you I, don't get that when you're playing through the campaign. You just equip whatever's most powerful just to level up. Yeah. How did you feel? Did you ever play Diablo 3? I played Diablo 2. And that was it. Yet? I didn't like 2 that much either, though. That's the thing. I think you'd like 3 because I, I like 2 quite a bit. I like three a shit ton because three is uh, the story is pretty decent. The abilities are cool. The bosses are interesting. But then, like you said, with uh, Destiny, once you beat Diablo three, you unlock your entire skill tree and then you can just pick and choose. Yeah, on the then fly. you actually can build shit. Yeah. And I think really the thing about Destiny is uh, I think for me is that those kind of elements don't feel natural with a first person shooter. It's definitely different. I think the way that they did it, Jesus. I think they did it I think they did it well but the thing is like what I really like about Destiny is that there's so many different ways to play it and you always mm-hmm. are progressing so if you're like a guy who likes to play competitive, you can just play PvP and you're still going to level up like yeah. almost at the same rate or you can just be a guy who's casual and plays PvE pretty much all the time like me and you're going to you can still level up doing that. So it's like you can kind of play whatever way you want, which is nice. And you know, also they have gambit and things like that now. So like I like when games give you options on ways to play them. I think that's something a lot of games don't do now. I feel like Call of Duty doesn't like there's there's a multiplayer and then there's like the the, i heard black ops 4 doesn't even have a campaign no it's got zombies multiplayer and i think like a challenge mode or a co-op mode or something. yeah and well it has the uh battle royale mode oh that's what it is yep yeah and that's the thing that sucks too is that i'm i might be one of the few people that i bought cod world war 2 because i really wanted to play the story and the story I'm not going to say that I, I probably earlier said that it was a waste of 60 bucks or I spent 60 bucks just to play the game for a month. But honestly, the story was worth it. The story for World War II was really interesting. That's the thing with COD and Battlefield. I will play the campaigns. Yeah. Because, like, they're not... I feel like if I'm playing online in those games, I have to just be a tryhard. And I feel like if I'm playing the campaign, that's when I can just sit back and play it and shoot shit. Because yeah. I started playing Battlefield 1 last night, and it's like, I just am shooting things, which Are is Are you nice. doing the campaign or the yeah. multiplayer? The campaign? 
See, in the campaign for Battlefield 1, I just could not. There wasn't anything. You start off with And the you tank, keep switching right? characters, too. Yeah. It doesn't, there's no, like, uh, continuity. I don't think I've ever beaten a Battlefield campaign. Because they're always, they always get to a point where it's just I like, finished uh, four. Yeah. I love the Call of Duty campaigns. Uh, World World War or World at War was a wicked good one. I just really liked, yeah, I liked World at War, and I liked the first campaign, the first Call of Duty game. That game was like just it was amazing when it came yeah. out. Modern Warfare One was pretty dope. Uh, even even Modern Warfare Two was pretty good. Call, yeah, Call of Duty Four was probably like overall that's probably their best game, and I think World at War was pretty damn close. Yeah. Uh, but they felt a little different. They just did. They had a different feel to them. That was before they got crazy with the kill streaks and yeah. If Modern Warfare Two just had you know the emblems and the titles to unlock, and then yeah. all the guns and stuff. Well, I the f- games get crazy with skins and shit. Like everybody who plays Fortnite is like getting skins. Like that's where that's they're the making their money is making your character look cool. Yeah. And it's basically just gambling. That's why kids are playing it. Yeah. Cause it's a free game and parents are like, Oh, well the game's free. So here's, you know, 20 bucks to here and there. It's like, Oh really? You just paid like $200 for this game. Yeah. Uh, like after a month of playing it. Yeah. Fortnite is, that's actually, that's probably my number one answer. That's for yeah. that, this specific I topic. Don't, I, don't I do it. not understand the appeal of Fortnite. And this is funny because you and I both, we don't play it together anymore, but for a solid two months, we legitimately played PUBG together probably every night, every other night for hours. Yeah. Because PUBG, the shooting mechanics are at least realistic. Yeah. And I feel like there's skill there. Like, there has to be some sort of skill there. I feel like with Fortnite, it's such a... I The mechanics are just so fucking stupid. And the way that the inventory works is fucking dumb. They're, it's too... It's fucking just stupid that it's cartoony looking in the first place. I get the appeal, because... Especially if you're a kid. Like, that's something... But the thing is, with Battle Royal games, you don't have any... You don't have to really dedicate any time or any actual effort into it. You just play it, and then when the game's over, you play it again. Yeah. There's no real progression. The only thing in those games is getting skins. And even in PUBG, really, it's just all you're really earning is some clothes. But it's also not super focused on that either. And they're not constantly begging you to buy shit. Yeah. Because with Fortnite, they'd up, they update it every week, and they add new fucking things that you buy. I think do you have do you have Mortal Kombat X still? Yeah. Do you have it on disc? Mm, I don't think so. No. I think I got it on sale for like eight bucks on the store. Because I want to play fighting games again. I want to get Soul Calibur six. That's the next game I'm getting for sure. Because Soul Calibur is. I don't remember oh, if it, they said so it was good or not. I know. I think Kenny has it. I heard it's phenomenal. I heard the character creation is subpar right now, but they're going to be adding new stuff to character creation as they go along. It may or may not be DLC, but that's a game like Soul Calibur Five. I had over a thousand hours yeah. in that. Mortal Kombat. You could 9, try uh, Mortal Kombat X. I had at least a couple hundred hours. You could try one. Dragon Ball too. Fighters. Z- Xenoverse. Oh, Fighters. That oh yeah, I forgot either. that came out. That game was good, right? Yeah, it's really good. Um, there's a new one coming out too called Jump Force or something. Is that what it's called? I don't know. 
It's, do you have uh, that? Do you have uh, Dragon Ball Fighters on disc? I think so. Because I liked I like Xenoverse too. That's a Dragon Ball is one of those things that I. It's like a. It's not a guilty pleasure, but it's a thing that I. I don't really think about. It's also not. They're not really that high effort. Like they can be. Like there's levels that are super hard, but it's a very. It's a very. Uh, it's a, a high a high floor, or it's easy to get into, but it's also. Like, you can fucking get super good at those games. Yeah. That's what I like about Mortal Kombat, is that Mortal Kombat, you know, you can sit down with somebody that's never played it before, and they'll still still have a good time, and they can (laughs) still beat you. Just because they spam uppercuts. Yeah, and then, you know, you get games like Street Fighter or uh, Soul Calibur, where there's a lot of technique and a lot of timing. Yeah. Like, Soul Calibur 5, I remember it was at least, fuck, it was a long time before I realized how to do combos. Like, it was a while before I realized how to do combos and special attacks because your timing and your frames had to be timed perfectly. Yeah. And I spent spent most of my time with Soul Calibur 5 creating characters from movies and other video games and anime and (laughs) shit. Well, I feel like I'd spend a lot of time learning combos with a single character. Yeah. Because if I learn it with a single character, then I'll be good with a single character. And then as soon as I go to someone else, I'll be completely lost. I remember... Um, Which is why Dragon Ball is good, because a lot of times their combos are the same. Mm-hmm. So, like, they'll be different moves, like different animations, but you have the same combos. Like, your combos are always... They're going to carry over across mm-hmm. all characters. So, it's it's definitely a playability aspect. And it's also because... They have a younger audience, I think. There's probably younger players that play it's, those. I feel like Dragon Ball is Pokemon, but an anime form. It's one of those things where if you liked Dragon Ball when you were younger, and it's so consistently decent... Yeah, and it's always there. Like, yeah. It doesn't go away. You don't. I don't really know a lot of hardcore Dragon Ball fans that get aggressive about stuff. You know, there's a lot of other video games and anime and, and stuff like that where the fa- the fans are very diehard. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, Naruto or uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Well, that's what that Jump Force game is supposed to be is like all bunch of anime games sort of mashed into one fighting game. Really? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. So you could have like Frieza versus like One Punch one man, punch or man or like you you hack a show or something yeah yeah so like it's interesting and you got to scale the power levels <laughs> mm-hmm. like in a weird way i see a bioshock too bioshock's a fucking great game yeah that's, that's one of my favorite series that's probably bioshock one i have the collection yeah i i remember the first time I played Bioshock 1. Yeah. I still remember that. Would you kindly find a crowbar or something? Yeah. Would you... Oh, my God. That story, the powers... Because there weren't really a lot... Because that came out in, like, 2006. Yeah. That was, like, a launch title, I think, for, for that generation. Yeah. Or close to it. I remember getting the achievement for going through the whole campaign with just the wrench. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. Really, that's all you needed was oh the electro bolt and the fucking wrench. Hit him with... With the one-two punch. <laughs> Zap them and smash them. <laughs> the one-two punch. You play, Bi- you play Bioshock 2, I'm guessing, then, right? Where yeah. you play as the fucking the prototype Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. When you have the drill rush. 
Yeah. And you fucking, you just launch and you hit people and they fly like 50 feet. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, so dope. And it was nice to be able to, because in the first one you had to switch to your plasmids, then use them, then switch back to your Yeah, weapon. that's right. The second one you could do. You wield, had both. Right? Yeah. And you could throw bees at people. <laughs> Not enough <laughs> games let you throw fucking bees at people. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I, that's funny, too, because I loved the first two, but I really did not like Bioshock Infinite. I really liked it because it felt like uh, they were moving it towards, like, a faster-paced shooter. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they, like, their story was really fucking good, especially, like, when you get to the end and you realize what's happening. Yeah, I would say the story for Infinite was really good. Yeah. Uh, that's another at the, game. Th- at the end of... At the end of all the games, really, there's like a revelation where you're like, oh my god, this is fucking awesome. Like, the first one was the would you kindly thing. Yeah. What was the second one? The second one was the sister, uh, I think it was like about Eleanor or whatever, that little girl. It's like your daughter or something? Yeah, something like that. And you're sort of like supposed to be her, her protector or some shit. Yeah, she was the original little sister. Yeah, that's what yep. it was. And then the, there was the big sister, too. Uh, I can't think oh, of Oh, the fucking sketchy... The fucking... one that's, like, jumping around super yeah. fast and shit, and you have to kill her at the end. I think. Or unless she saves you at the end. I can't remember. I it's think the big, the big sisters were, like, a normal enemy that you fought. Like a sub-boss sort of thing. And yeah. then you fight the big bad one at the very end. Yeah. That's actually, the first one is a game where the, the final boss was wicked disappointing, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's not that bad unless you play it on hard. Yeah. Really. Um, like, most of the game's pretty easy. The Metal Gear games are like that, too. But it's because you get so much health throughout the game. As long as you don't fucking pop it all the time, you're mm-hmm. fine. You never played any of the Metal Gear Solid games, did you? I, no, I only played the first one a little bit, but their number two and number three, which in my opinion are the the best ones, are backwards compatible now. You can yeah. get both of them for twenty bucks. I recommend those, especially the third one. That's a game that you would definitely enjoy because it's it's a it's a stealth survival supernatural combination. You know, you get sent to Russia to fucking to uh to save the scientist and and stop him from developing a nuclear weapon against his will. And hmm. you get stopped and you get left for dead by your old uh commander. And <laughs> left you, for dead. Yeah, you get you go back to America, you get patched up and then they send you back out there to take your old commander out and all of her fucking you know, Goons. lieutenants and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that's a game where you could throw bees at people. I think. You, yeah, as long as you can throw bees. You're yeah, fine. you fight. Um, you fight this guy. You fight uh, the Cobra unit. You fight this guy called the Pain, who attacks you with bees, and then you fight the Fear, who uses he can uh, he uses a stealth camouflage and he can uh, climb trees really well, and he uses a poison crossbow. That's always good. And then you fight uh, the Fury. No, you fight the End who's the sniper that uh, doesn't need to eat so he can just stay in one spot. And uh, he he is like part plant and he can like use photosynthesis to regain health. And huh. he he, uh, he can communicate with na- nature. And then you fight, you fight the Fury, who's like this guy mm-hmm. with a jetpack and flamethrowers. And then you fight uh, the Sorrow, who's like a half human, half ghost sort of thing. Hmm. And That's it's weird. really fucking cool. That game, the story is fucking awesome. I always cry at the end. 
The gameplay is great because you have to survive in the jungle. I always like when you can use the AI against the AI. Yeah. Like, you can literally, you can go around in Metal Gear Solid 3, and you can hunt, like, venomous snakes, and you can tranquilize them, and catch them in a cage, and then you can go to an enemy outpost and, like, throw the poisonous, or the venomous snake yeah. at somebody. Like, in isolation, where you can use the alien against them. Yeah. Or, like, in Assassin's Creed, where you could shoot berserk darts at them, and then just have the enemies, like, attack the other ones and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're basically clearing out the whole area, because you just have the other, the AI attack themselves. Mm-hmm. And even Bioshock had that. It was called Possession. And you could possess cameras or enemies, and like the the cameras would there set like off a, the alarm. There was like a rage thing too, right? Yeah, enrage. Yeah, enrage. Um, I think possession would. I think that's what it was. There was enrage that you use on enemies that attack that makes them attack their own allies, and then um, the possession would you could do it on gadgets like uh like the cameras and those the weird bot things stuff, yeah. that fly around the and the cameras the go, would set off the alarm the ones that go like yeah. yeah and then it would fucking murder you yeah <laughs> absolutely destroy you. but what was cool about those is you could zap them and then hack them and have them work for you mm-hmm. and they just like follow the, you the around. fucking noise when you go to hack them like yeah yep yeah the hack even the hack mini games are kind of fun yeah, with dude. the tubes <laughs> yeah and i think if you liked, did you like the first Metal Gear Solid when you played it? I mean, it was probably like fucking. I was 20 years young, ago. so I couldn't beat it at all. I like, yeah. I was so lost. You would probably really like Metal Gear Solid Two as well because that one's the standard, you know, kind of overhead stealth Metal Gear Solid game. It's, like a, it's basically an RTS. <laughs> no, nah, well, no, but uh, the uh, the the boss fights in Metal Gear Solid Two and the combat and all that and the stealth was fucking great. It was mm-hmm. very. In the story, I always liked stealth games like Splinter Cell and things like that because I even thought Splinter Cell Conviction was one of the better ones, and it was like very, like where it gives you kind of a meter on the side. It'll tell you how dark you're, Mm -hmm. like what darkness you're in. It's weird that there hasn't been a Splinter Cell game in like five years. Blacklist, Blacklist, I think was yeah, and that might even been like a 360 game. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. I remember uh, they had the co-op mode that was fucking amazing. Yeah. I remember uh, playing that with like Wes and like Nick and stuff constantly. Yeah. I mean, I have the Splinter Cell thing on the Division, so (laughs) the 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 goggles. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck the Division. (laughs) The hardest game I've ever played. I just it's weird because I I don't know I'm stuck in this like uh, Destiny loop where. I don't want to, like, really play anything else at this point. Like, I, I want to get all my characters to max level. And I have one already there, and the other one's close. And I have my Titan, which... But you have one in each class? Yeah. So, like, I want to get them all to max and then just have them all have special, like, builds. But it takes so long to do that, and it takes away your time from other games if, if you want to play. Like, that's pretty much it. I play that... And I play, like, Madden in the show. And it's, yeah. like, you know, like, every once in a while I'll hop on, like, Rocket League or something, PUBG. But it's, like, those games you don't have to invest time into. They're just, like, there to play. And then you you don't – there is no real investment. That's all it is. Yeah, I started playing 2K this past week, actually. Uh, I picked that up yeah. once in a while. I picked it up I, a couple, couple what, days ago. What I recommend – does uh, 2K16 have the league mode? where you can control every yeah. single team. I recommend going in and making a custom roster 
and make a custom draft class and put yourself into it. Well, you can download other people's rosters too, right? Yeah, yeah. So like download the most the most up to date roster, and this is what I do actually. Every like once a week or every other week, I'll I'll uh, you know I have the updated. So it's roster. like you really don't need if you have update if you can just download updated rosters. Like you really don't need to buy newer games. No, the two K <laughs> the two K I've been playing is from like fucking two years ago. I have two K seventeen, which is the best one in my opinion. Uh, but what I do is I go on, there's this website that has every single NBA player. Uh, I don't think it's every single one, but it's like every single high profile one from like the sixties and on. And I go on there and I randomize, I pick a random player and then I create that player in the game and I pretend that it's me and I go through and see if I can emulate the career. Yeah. Like right now I'm, uh. Jason Kidd. <laughs> so I'm I'm just like a point I'm like a point guard that that can shoot. Just kind of play their role, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you don't try and make yourself, you know, Michael Jordan or you know, fucking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that with Madden, just playing as a locked quarterback and just play as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that shit's wicked fun. Like I do that with Madden too. Like I'll go and like I'll like for both of them, I'll look up the ultimate team card for the yeah. player and I look up their rookie stats and I start out as a rookie and see if I can make myself as good as that player is mm-hmm. like the, um, the middle linebacker I did for the Browns. I picked Erlacher, which is, he is so fun to play. Cause he's, he's the one I was telling you that's straight play recognition, coverage and pursuit. Like he doesn't get a lot of sacks, but he's just all over the field. But he's, so yeah, fun. he's just there when the ball gets yeah. to him. Uh, I did Reggie white, which was hilarious. That was super overpowered. Even as a rookie, is super overpowered. I think middle linebackers are one of the most underrated positions, dude. That spot is like that's the quarterback of the defense. Yeah, essentially, because not only I mean, because I feel like you're rushing, but you're also holding a gap against the run, and then you're dropping into coverages too. So mm-hmm. you really have to know like all of it. You you have yeah. to be able to do everything. You have to be like sure. a really. They're probably one of the highest level athletes on the fucking field. They're definitely some of the smartest too. Yeah. I mean, you They're look fast, at guys, like it's reaction time kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the hardest, the hardest position in Madden, in my opinion, to play is safety. Like if you're doing player lock, mm-hmm. it's safety. It's because it's boring. Well, I think with safety, yeah, I, it's I super like boring safety, for half the time. And when you get into a position to make a play, you have to make the play. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. With safety, I feel like you're coming up a lot and doing. Like in cover two, you're coming up to play those sh- like dime zones sort of thing. Your corner's going back behind you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the corners play the two deep zones. So like you're coming up more than anything. So like you're, well, as a as a strong safety, definitely. Yeah. So you got to do well. Also, you have to make hits. Yeah. Because if you miss, then you're fucked. Strong safeties are fun with Madden if you pick uh, run support. Because yeah. then your hitting power and your tackling is super maxed out, and you can just be. Camp I always chancellor. get excited when I. I always get excited when I'm a safety and they call a safety blitz, because <laughs> then you know there's going to be like an open path, and then you just go as hard as you can. Yep. In Madden, if you play it enough, you can time the snaps pretty well too. Oh yeah, that's the thing that I hate about like trying di- to run the, the difficulty line. in. Really, both Madden and 2K. Really, the only the only sports game where I feel like the difficulty levels are. The difficulty level is very precise as NHL, mm-hmm. uh, because you know it's a the whole game. It's so fast and it's just a war. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, with two K, I can't play very well on All Star 
but I crush anybody I play on pro. Yeah. I felt like when I played and, NHL, I, as soon as I went to pro, I was like lost because- Oh my God. It's fucking hard. It's way too- And they make everything. Yeah. And they're constantly shooting on yeah, you. Yeah. Like right- Like for NHL right now, I play all-star. For NBA, I'm- I do the custom sliders and I have one that's a halfway between pro and all-star, whatever it is. Ho- not Hall of Fame. Yeah. Pro and all-star or pro and- Pro star? Pro star, whatever the fuck it is. Keemstar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually, the team I'm on now, my character for 2K was drafted by the Warriors. Somehow, I was drafted by the Warriors. I, he was like a 71 overall. He got drafted with like the 26th pick by the Warriors. And I was just a bench player for two years. Won two rings. And then, simulated the offseason and played just like... uh it'll tell you which games are like the key games, like the nationally televised games or rivalry games. And I played those Mm -hmm. and I went to play the Lakers and I thought I was just fucked up because I was, was I on acid when I did this? Maybe. I think so. Or I was coming down from it when I started it, but the Lakers, I don't know how how well you follow basketball. Pretty much not at all. So they have LeBron now. And they had LeBron when I started yeah. my my career. Not only do they have LeBron, but they they also have Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Joel Embiid, who are basically they're all top two, top three in their position. Yeah. They ended up winning like seventy five games. They beat the record to win games by fucking four. <laughs> they went seventy five and six, and just dominated. And I ended up getting uh, traded from the Warriors to the Heat. And the Heat had no cap space, and I simulated yeah. that off season. And they just signed a bunch of like, I like pretty much low, low eighty, high seventy guys. And now I'm on the Heat, and it's fucking hilarious because I'm a point guard, and I leveled up my passing stats maximum, and my defense is decent, and I just have tons of shooters. Yeah, like stretch fours and fucking shoot like shooting guards and, and sharpshooters, small forwards and stuff like that. I just, in Madden, well, I said I already played the Super Bowl. I played it last night, and I my offseason was fucking amazing because I let most of my guys go into free agency, and my salary cap was like I had so much room. So I ended up getting Julian Edelman, Joey Boza, and Luke Keekley. <laughs> so I also have Clay Matthews, Jair Alexander, and then I, I, um, no one bid on Akib Talib, so I picked him up and traded him for somebody. So I had like a ridiculous fucking team. I have my defense is a ninety-seven right now in Madden, and then my offense is an eighty-seven, just because the That's offensive fun. line isn't great. But I think the, I feel like in Madden you don't need an offensive line that much, though. No, I'm on my second season with that Browns team. And I just traded away all my draft picks and then younger players with like quick ratings that I had for the Browns yeah. that I didn't use. And I ended up taking, cause for some reason to Madden, like veterans are ridiculously good if you play the game. Yeah. Like if you like, yeah, fucking, there's a, the like, progression is fucking, yeah. Like Jason McCourty in real, I mean, Jason McCourty in real life is decent right now. He's playing pretty well on yeah. the Patriots, but I have him on the Browns now and I switched Jabril peppers from safety to corner. And I have Denzel Ward. And I also have Richard Sherman. 
Yeah. So all my corners are all in the like the See, mid to high eighties. That's the thing is like my corners were all guys that we already had. Yeah. Like Alexander, but Who's he a had superstar, such a good right? superstar yeah, rating. He has such a good development yeah. that he's like a fucking eighty nine or something yeah. now. And I think Denzel Ward is already a ninety four after like two seasons. But I ended up trading for TJ Watt, who's like an eighty four. My Erlacher Jones is like an eighty six. Then I have Jamie Collins, that's like a ninety four. But my mm-hmm. my defensive line <laughs> my defensive line is Miles Garrett and Dominican Sue and Khalil Mack and then fucking the other there's a defensive tackle on the Browns that's like two years in. It doesn't that, even that like has like Sue? he has like a quick he has a quick rating and he's like an eighty six. Yeah. But yeah, no. And well, Dominican Sue, Sue is a and straight Khalil up, Mack, you're not running against that team. No, and Dominican Sue and Madden is a straight up cheat code. Yeah. Because he gets double or triple teamed every play. And I ended up getting like 13 or 14 sacks in a season with just Sue. <laughs> and I had, I think, another 15 with Khalil Mack. Yeah. My Erlacher guy had seven and a half. Well, what I found interesting was like a lot of the guys that I let go into free agency were still there after like the initial like biddings. Yeah. So, so you like, could just pick them up on the one year deals? Like, it, yeah, I would like scroll through and like no one had bids on them. So I could just offer them like four mil. Yeah. If that. And be like, oh, the guy that I was just supposed to pay $28 million to is now on my team for $4 million. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I was telling you this on the bus. <laughs> I did that with Blake Martinez, and it was a fucking steal. Yeah. I was telling you this on the bus Sunday, too. Fucking Jordy Nelson got cut by the Raiders for some reason, even though he's like an 88 or 89. And I picked him up, and he is just- got to get him. He is just a possession monster. Yeah. He like retired if, in my league, though. If you throw the ball to Jordy Nelson and you press A- he just catches it and immediately goes down, yeah. and it's like you you can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think that's, my, my that's, other the possession catches are so good because like uh, anywhere, like especially if you're running a slant and you know you're gonna get hit, just do that. And yeah, you're always gonna make a fucking. It's a ten yard gain every time. It seems like I ended up. Uh, I kept one of my first round picks because the Browns had one from another team. I think it was the Texans when they got Brock Osweiler. And it was like the ninth or tenth overall pick in the draft. And I ended up picking this receiver and he had quick development. I can't remember what his name was. I'll send it to you when I get home. He was fucking ridiculous. But he's six six two hundred he's basically Calvin Johnson. He's six six, two thirty, and he has like ninety one speed and then ninety eight spectacular catch. Still doesn't get <laughs> and he's PIs. My, and he's my slot he's my slot. Still doesn't receiver. get PIs. No. <laughs> and I think I have Jarvis Landry and um Josh Gordon was the guy that he mm. got cut by the Patriots and I picked him up and he's only like an eighty. I mean I stacked but. my whole team receivers and I mean I got LaShawn McCoy, but mm. I like stacked my receivers, so it's like Adams Cobb. It was Jordy, but then I picked up Julian Edelman in the offseason. So like I have a wicked good fucking receiving core and then you also have Jimmy Graham. So Yeah. I think it's really weird how um rookies that were hyped up, even if they didn't even if they're not that great, they still like rook like I have Nick Chubb for the Browns yeah. and he has a quick development. Yeah. And so I just put all of his points in trucking. So he's like eighty something, eighty eight speed, but ninety seven trucking. I mean, as long as you just scout well and get yeah. guys that are superstar that's all you need and then mm-hmm. two years can later, you scout for the the development in 19 or no i don't think you can get the trait but like you can kind of tell just yeah, from you, like because you can tell based on the tweets it gives you yeah well it gives you the rating too and it also then you look at their combine score if it's anywhere like five seven or something if it's and if it's like above five seven if it's like a six or whatever 
you're probably fine with the guy. Yeah. <clears throat> and I always, when I get to like the third or fourth round, I immediately only get guys whose combine scores are super high. Yeah. And the highest I found was a, it was a, it was, this was this I was, think it goes up to eight, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. This was a fucking while ago. I ended up finding a guy whose combine score was a 7.9. He was a defensive back. I can't remember if he was a free safety or a strong safety. But he had, like, every... You know how it tells you if they were in the top five for all their stats for their combine? He had, like, absolutely no uh, good ratings, like tackling or anything like that, or coverage. But all of his combine scores were in the top three. Yeah. He was, like, first in speed, second in vertical, third in bench press, like... Yeah, I mean, that, really, that's all it is. It's like yeah. just getting good draft players and then going two years into the future. Yeah, especially because where... if you get a player like that that's super athletic, you can just user that guy and fucking wreck yeah. havoc. And then just put all of his points in awareness, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because for some reason, like... Awareness I, is OP. Awareness is such a weird stat. Because with, with uh, 2K, the each player has tendencies. So it tells you how they play, like yeah. whether they play from the post or whether they they go for layups or they drive I a lot. Feel like the thing that they don't do in Madden. Yeah, I feel like the thing they don't do in Madden is like scheme fits don't really matter too much. Because no. like you can have a guy. The, the thing that pisses me off the like, most too is it's like yeah, you have a power run guy. It's like if you're playing in a West Coast offense, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. it really doesn't matter at all. I find that vultures are everywhere in Madden too. Like I'll have, there was one league where I traded a f- two first round picks and a second round pick for Julio Jones. And he ended up getting, he was my number one receiver and he ended up being like the, the fourth best receiver on the team. Yeah. And like my fucking slot receiver, like Kamar Aiken or something ended up with like 19 touchdowns. That's like, maybe that would happen. But like, why was the computer not throwing to Julio when I simulated those games? Yeah, that's true. You can't prioritize your guys. That's what I like about 2K is that you can you can if you spend the time to manage and micromanage your, your team, there's you can have hot, everybody hot play players. the way you want. You know, yeah. like I have for the guy I have now, he shoots seventy percent of the time, but he passes or his tendency for shooting is a seventy. And his tendency for passing is a hundred. And then his defensive aggressiveness is maxed out. So he fouls out quite a bit, like maybe once every five or six games. But he's always locking down whoever he's on. And he's always getting assists. He actually just won MVP. Well, I feel like that's a thing that like you only get from sports games is that kind of micromanaging. Yeah. You don't really get that in pretty much anything you could The only other game that I've played that has that level of micromanagement is Pillars of Eternity. Or yeah. Baldur's Gate, you know, or Never Winter I mean Nights. some games that have like really big skill trees like uh Path of, Path Exile. of Exile or that's something. A, that's a game that I tried getting into yesterday that I could not. Like, the gameplay on console is so bad. Yeah, that's it. I think you need a good computer for that and just have it look really good. Like, dude, Derek's computer um, runs he, it ridiculously well. He has well. that fucking crazy vibe set up, right? Yeah. Derek Roth. Yeah, he, he really, like, Path of Exile looks great on his computer. Everything does, really. But, you know, it's it's expensive to get a computer that run that's you know, high end. And I get it. I get why people want them. They really do everything. So it's like, you know, the only thing you're really missing out on is some of the exclusives. That's all. Yeah, for sure. And you can live without it. 
I mean, that's the thing is I mostly play unless you fucking are games anyway. Right. Unless you're like a Halo fan or something, you know, it's like that's the only time you yeah. need a console, I guess. And I'm channeling my inner Bill, my inner ill Bill, but I really just want a new NCAA game. I've been really thinking about buying a PS3 mm-hmm. just to play NCAA again. Yeah. I like, there's a lot of things that they have in that that I, I don't understand why they weren't added to Madden. You know, like Pick even position even, coaches. Even like when you're the away team and like shit gets crazy on like a third down. And yeah, there was actually a home field advantage. Like you, you on third downs, your plays would like get all like sort of squiggly and shit. And you I feel can't like call audibles or hot routes. Mm-hmm. Like it gives you a little bit more immersion. It makes like it they feel finally little... in Madden 18 they changed it so you can change um like play by play tendencies. Like I remember in the NCAA games you could switch it so like okay, uh your your defense is gonna exclusively go for hard hits or yeah. They're, they're going to prioritize uh, shallow passes or they're going to contain the quarterback and watch for the option. Yeah. There were like nine or ten different traits that you could select each drive. And Madden finally put it that in. It seems like it, with Madden, they, it players don't have it, personalities. Like no, there's no, no uh, like special trait to each character. Like, yeah, you can have them have a certain rating higher than another, but it doesn't, the effectiveness in that, like the threshold for how effective that is isn't that high. What was the Madden? Was it 09 or 10 where uh, they put every every player into a weapon category? Mm-hmm. So, like, Jay Cutler would be the cannon. Yeah, yeah. And so if you were going to throw it deep, you would have a chance I think it was to... Eight. I think it was 08. You would automatically have a chance to throw it deeper than normal. Yeah. Or if you had, like, uh, Des Bryant and you went have for, like, like ball a... Hawk, you, ball the ball hawk, and... ball... Yeah. I think it was 08 that did it. 08, yeah. That and then sounds 09 right. got rid of it. I still think, like, 17 is, like, one of the best ones. And 16 is pretty good, too, I thought. Yeah, I really <clears throat> liked, um, what's the first one with the Connected franchise? Was that 25 or 13? Where you could do, you could play as the owner, the coach, and the player at the same time. Yeah. Uh, they still kind of do that now, but it's, it's not It's pretty much the same good. thing. And the thing is, like, it's more or less their franchise mode is pretty much the same thing every year with like yeah. a different UI. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even their like even the menus and everything are pretty much the same. Yeah, and that's the one thing that the NHL games are lacking is that the the franchise modes are very bare bones. Like, right? Uh, yeah. You know, simi- like because I don't have enough time to play every single game. Like when I play 2K, like I said, I'll play the key games or the national games or the rivalry games. Madden, I try to play every game, but eventually I get to a point in the season where I know I'm like I'm nine and one or or like eight and two or something, and I know I'm gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. But with NHL, it's like they you get a penalty if you simulate because you have to you have to. It's kind of cool too. Like if you play a game, right? Say. You, I mean, he's not on the Red Wings anymore, but say you're play- you're the coach of the Red Wings and you have Pavel Datsuk and he has a goal to score 20 goals in the first half of the season. 
And if you don't give him the puck enough, his confidence and his morale goes down mm-hmm. and his ratings drop. So you kind of have to play the games to make sure you prioritize that. Guy. I think confidence is a thing that should be in Madden, too. Like, and it's I think not, it, it it's is n- in Madden, but it's not good at all. Not, it doesn't really affect anything. Like in the show, it does, especially with your pitchers. Like if you have a pitcher that's given up three runs and it's the fourth it's like now his confidence is way down and it makes his accuracy go down. It's like his, his velocity is going to drop. And then he also is going to have more trouble, like keeping a guy on first. If you have a guy on first and what's cool too, is if you have low confidence, if your pitcher has low confidence and you get a guy on first and you're like just toying with him, kind of like acting like you're going to steal or whatever, that'll drop his confidence too a little bit. Cause he's, you know, constantly watching that yeah, guy on first. Yeah. That's a thing, like, I feel like a lot of teams, I feel like a lot of teams don't do that enough. Boston was good at that. They were good at that. Yeah, Boston is a, so, they're so good at the mental game. That's yeah. the thing, is that, that's the thing that I think is very underrated with baseball, is the mental game. Because when you make it, I mean, you have the MLB and you have the triple A's, double A's, single A's. To yeah. make it to the MLB, you have to be very strong. Mentally. You got to be real good, especially the fact that you, the, your first year in Major League Baseball, all you're really doing is trying to perform so that you get a good contract. Yeah, because you're not really like a full time player at the time no. when you get called up. Yeah, because like you, you look at guys like the Yankees have drafted guys in the first or second round that were hyped up that they brought yeah. up like Shelly Duncan was I think he was like a third or fourth round pick that was hyped up yeah that or you see guys like um that that get paid a lot and then end up having to go back down to triple a for yeah. whatever reason maybe your roster's got somebody better like uh you know Byron Buxton played for the twins for a while and you go to Syracuse and see him it's like mm-hmm. well this guy's been playing in major league baseball for like three years but he's in rehab or he's underperforming or the guy behind him in the death chart is doing better than him, but you're still got, you got still got to pay him. He's still in your organization. Yeah. The thing with baseball too, is all the contracts are guaranteed. There's so much money in baseball. Yeah. And negotiations are fucking, once you finally reach that, that level after you get called up, that's when the negotiations come in and that's where it's really hard is to try and get the money you want. That's the big thing too with baseball is a lot of people and uh, it's bait really people because the NBA is really popular. Yeah. In uh, baseball's money game though. Like baseball is a money game. And the thing with the NBA is it's very popular in the media and especially social media. Yeah. And you get players that make the hall of fame just because they were like an all-star for like six or seven years, because like, yeah, they're so they're such a center of attention. It's just that a they consistency, put them in. and it's like I love when people argue on on Reddit or 4chan or other forums like that, Facebook even, where they're like, "How is this guy not in the Hall of Fame?" And it's talking about baseball. It's like, dude, you have to be fucking ridiculous in baseball to make mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame. You know, uh, like there's just such a you have to have such a high level of consistency. In yeah, baseball. and then football, the Hall of Fame for football is basically like you have to own records and you have to have been able to last a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's a big argument. There's two players in football that I see arguments about wh- whether or not they're going to make the Hall of Fame. Three of them, actually, now that I think about it. It's Calvin Johnson. Eli Manning. Patrick Willis, four of them. E- yeah, Calvin Johnson, Eli Manning, Patrick Willis and Frank Gore. They're the Mount Rushmore of, are they going to get in or not? 
You know, you get Eli Manning. I think Patrick Willis goes. <clears throat> I think Patrick, out of those four, Patrick Willis will be, in my opinion, if I had to pick one, it'd be him. I think Eli probably goes too, just because he's got a ring, and I feel like his name too helps. Yeah, his volume stats, people are like, well, he's not efficient. But he is the an Iron Man, and he played in basically one of the biggest teams. Yeah. Took down Tom Brady twice, won two Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, yeah, it's like the, there's games where he's played really fucking well. I mean, he's really kind of undeniable. It's just his consistency. Is... Yeah. And then you get Patrick Willis, who only played for eight years. But six of those years, he was first team all pro. Yeah. The other year, the other two years, he was second team all pro. And then he made the Pro Bowl every year. And then you get guys like Frank Gore, who were, he was never, ever, 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 ever considered to be one of the best running backs in the league. No, but, he's but been he playing was such for, a good power playing, back. Yeah. He's been playing for so long that he's like fourth or th- he's fourth yeah. in rushing all time. Longevity has a lot to do with yeah. it. Yeah, and then you get Calvin Johnson, who only played for seven or eight years, I think, but he was also Calvin Johnson. Yeah. And is that four? Eli Manning, Calvin Johnson, Patrick Willis, Wilson, Gore. Frank Gore. Yeah. Uh, I used to be against Larry Fitzgerald making it in. But now he's second all time in receiving yards, and he's going to be like third in receptions. Yeah, I can't he's see any argument against him. Not anymore. He he he's basically the Jason Witten of receivers, where he was just he was number one or two, or he was top three for a couple of years, and then he was also you know going through a bunch of different quarterbacks and accumulated the stats. He was a nice household name, very professional, consummate professional. Yeah. He and was even, never like in. He wasn't like Ray Rice, where he was in like a controversy of some sort. You know? Yeah. Uh, another one, even too, is Marshawn Lynch. Um, yeah, I personally, but he, his career was short. That's the thing. But it, well, and he's still sorta. playing now. But I, I personally, think, I think it's his off the field is what you know, like because the media has to vote you in. Yeah, and that's what's going to keep him out. I mean, they kept they kept To, who, in my opinion. Besides like, Jerry Rice is the best receiver of all it's time. It's just weird when you leave the game and then you come back to it, you know, like like even Le'Veon Bell's kind of doing that right now. Yeah. It, it's weird because it's 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 kind of a it's like a blemish on your career in a in a way. It's like because yeah, you've been in the league for this long, but have you really? Cuz <laughs> cuz if you're going to fucking dip out for a season or even a half a season like Le'Veon's doing, you know, Number one, you're losing your your stats because you're not going to be playing. And number two, it doesn't look good because you're like, uh, fuck this team. Like, this team isn't good. I don't want to be with them right now. And I don't know what Le'Veon's deal is. I guess it's his contract situation more than anything. <clears throat> but I think that's... I think that definitely has a, a large effect on Hall of Fame inductions. And then you got to look at yearly awards too. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, because I How think Marsh Marshawn was only a Pro Bowl maybe five or six times, All Pro only a couple of times. Yeah, and so it's that. It's Pro Bowls. It's Super Bowls. And then you look at you know, I think what really kills him too is if the Seahawks ran the ball that Super Bowl and he scored it and got Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> he's a lock. Because. He and he also he has so many crazy fucking like I have never seen a running back pull off the kind of shit that he does. I'm interested in because right now the overall 
like stats for quarterbacks in general is going up drastically. So how many of these guys now, like what's the standard for who gets in the hall of fame? You know what I mean? Even for receivers, their stats are going up. So what is that standard going to be? Cause like you got guys that are even mediocre quarterbacks that are putting up numbers. Like the best quarterbacks were 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. So now you got a weird situation in the hall of fame where like you might have guys who are considered average who technically have stats that are fucking ridiculous. And that's the thing that makes me so angry as a Dallas fan. When people talk about how Troy Aikman is him and Joe Namath, I feel are the two quarterbacks that are trashed the most for being in the hall. Uh, I've talked about Troy Aikman enough. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure about that argument. I think I think it's, it comes there. down to people that don't like the Cowboys, and they don't like his commentary. Right. Because in the 90s, you know, yeah, you had John Elway, you had Steve Young, you had Jim Kelly, and you had Brett Favre. But you know who came in in the playoffs and fucking destroyed all those teams? Because in the playoffs, a lot of people don't know, in the playoffs, it, it ended up coming down to Troy Aikman fucking playing out of his mind for a lot of it. Yeah. He played better in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. And uh, it's just funny when you look at the triplets and they're they're like, well, Michael Irvin had Troy Aikman throwing to him. But then Troy Aikman had Emmett Smith uh, passing the, or running the ball for him. And then Emmett Smith had Michael Irvin to keep the defense honest. There's a it's lot like, of things. Make your fucking decision. Man. It's the same with Brady though. Like a lot of people go, well, it's Bill Belichick. Like is, is Brady as good without Belichick? I don't know. Like we're never going to know. Yeah. I think what, what, but it's like, guess what? Brady didn't fucking call that fucking, uh, trick played in the Packers game either to that fucking dump off pass that he threw, um, to Adelman or something, and then Adelman threw like a screen across the field, and it went for like fucking sixty something yards. Yeah. It's like Brady didn't call that. No, most likely that was drawn up by fucking Belichick. It's a play calling thing, and you know, I think my 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 favorite thing about Brady is that nobody was expecting him to be anything. Yeah, and well, neither was they weren't expecting Aaron Rodgers to be anything. You know? I don't think they were expecting Aaron Rodgers to be this good. I think they were expecting him to be pretty decent. He was still drafted in the first round. Mm. I don't think anybody would have predicted Rodgers to be the most talented quarterback of all time. Thing is, he was projected to be one of the top overall. Yeah, and I, I remember watching a thing about him about how strange it was that he made it that far. Well, the the was it Niners Alex? wanted Alex Smith Yeah, which for was, whatever reason. But they regret that. Rodgers was a 49ers fan when he grew up, so that would have been that. All logic pointed to he was, he was going to San Francisco, and they passed him up. And I don't know what they were thinking there, but Green Bay was like, "Hey, let's uh, develop this guy because he's got something." And I give their uh, quarterback coach, like I give their their coaching staff, a lot of credit for what they d- did with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's like he wasn't super, super crazy good. He wasn't this good in college. No. Like, he he jumped up a level for I think sure. the big thing with Rodgers, too, because I remember watching him in college, the big thing with him was his poise. The same thing that yeah. people talk about with uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, you know, they yeah, just, they just know get, how to win. Yeah, they get... Well, they also... I think guys get stressed out in the pocket when it collapses, and they freak out, and then that's when they make mistakes. They fumble yeah. the ball. They don't tuck it when they need to. They don't throw it away. 
It's a it's a thing that like quarterbacks are plagued with, especially mm-hmm. right now. You see a lot of guys doing that. Mahomes is really good at not doing that. He knows think, when to get rid of it. I, I think. really think that the best in the league at that is Russell Wilson. Yeah, he is. Well, he's also able to escape so yeah. so quickly, and he's just. I love Russell Wilson. I think, like, if honestly, if I could have any quarterback on the Cowboys, it would be Russell Wilson. I mean, he'd play the same style as Dak. That's the thing. Is but he's you could, like you could da- plug him in. He's Dak, but way better. Right. You could plug him in pretty easy, um, and that scheme is sort of built for that. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing too: is that there's a lot of players that. Um, you know, I was watching this little mini documentary about Michael Vick. You know, this guy did a hypothetical, like, what if Michael Vick never went to prison? And they were talking about it. And I think there's a lot of players, too. Hard to say, though. That I mean, how he, old was he at the time? 27? So he had some years. But he lost three seasons. But at yeah. the same time, I also think a lot of players people look at with rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. I think Vick is number one. Um, I'm not saying he wasn't amazing. He wasn't fun to watch, but he definitely wasn't a a good quarterback. He was a good player. Yeah, you know, he was. Basically, I mean, I feel like with Mc, McNabb, too, I was about like, to just say that. Yeah, was, yeah, it's a very similar thing where you got like you're just a consistent play, not necessarily like the fucking, you know, a Tom Brady. I think I think McNabb was better than Vic. I think McNabb was. I think he made better decisions for he sure. He made better decisions and he I think McNabb's problem was he dropped super fast. Yeah. Like the Eagles got rid of him and he went to Washington and there he was, was no awful. Yeah. And then he went to the Vikings and he didn't even really play. He got fucking outplayed by Christian Ponder. Oh, I forgot that he went to Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, Christian Ponder played well though at the time. Yeah. And then you had the Vikings were in a weird spot where they had to get and even Bridgewater played well for them. And now Bridgewater's a backup somewhere. He's the Saints backup. Yeah, okay. Which is fucking probably one of the best spots to be in. I mean, it is, but... But he's also the field, furthest you thing You don't get any Drew field Brees. time. Yeah. I think he's also the furthest thing from Drew Brees. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's very weird. Because uh, the NFL is definitely a quarterback league. And it's funny when you see teams draft quarterbacks. And as an armchair analyst... You can well, kind of like see what they're them. trying to do. You know, they're tr- what they're trying to do with the quarterback they have, and you can kind of immediately see what kind of scheme they're trying to run. Yeah. You know what I mean? I f- it's just a, a lot of quarterbacks that get drafted end up not panning out. You know, most of them don't. And I think the big problem nowadays is the media hypes them all up. Yeah. Like, that fucking last, last year's draft, constantly hearing about Rosen and Allen and Darnold and Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and... Shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then bef- even before that, you were hearing about... Andrew Luck, I mean, at the time when they hyped him up, it's like... Has he really broken out, though? Like, he's played well, but has he broken out to be, like, the next Peyton Manning? It's like, no, I, think, I don't think so. I think he's the... Clo- I think he's probably the... I think he's the closest to the way he was hyped. Yeah, you know? I was just going to say that. Maybe I, him and Cam Newton. Yeah. I think Cam... Cam was bailed out quite a bit because that Auburn team was ridiculous. Well, yeah, that's that's definitely. And and Andrew Luck played with a Stanford team that, you know, if you go to Stanford, you're really just there for academics, you know. Right. Uh, and Andrew, I think Andrew Luck, if he can get back to, and, and he can, because he's, he's playing really well. I think their team's horribly managed as part of the problem. Oh, yeah, Indianapolis is the worst. 
probably definitely the the least talked about worst run franchise in the league. Yeah. I just it's it's weird. It's weird as you when you come into the league and you're hyped up. I think it puts too much on your shoulders. Yeah, I mean, even look, I think another one that's that's going to break into his zone is Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I think Deshaun Watson is the real deal. I think out of all the quarterbacks drafted in the past, you know, six six years, I would say it's Andrew Luck and Cam Newton. The Texans have built themselves pretty good. Deshaun I mean, Watson. they're they're still a relatively young franchise. Yeah. And it's like uh, to and be as good as they, they are have, right now. You know, a lot of their best players are really young, dude. I yeah. mean, J.J. Watt, all of his injuries, he's still pretty young. They got Jadavian Clowney. They got Bernardrick McKinney. They got uh, Zach Cunningham. And then on the offensive side, you know, they've got DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller is great. They just picked up Demarius Thomas, who's a bit yeah. older than everybody well, else. Well, I feel like just their receivers are just really bailing Watson out of a lot of situations, too. Mm-hmm. I think they they have a really good receiving core, especially with Demarius Thomas now. Yeah, it's just a good team. And really, like I've said, I on the last NFL show, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league, bar none. Yeah, he's definitely one of the best for sure. Uh, I think it's 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 up it's it's him, Julio, and Antonio Brown. Yeah, this year it's weird because a lot of the big receivers have been shut down. It seems like, and I think Hopkins, Devontae is the one, Adams is like Devontae the best Adams in the league is right now. Phenomenal statistically, he's like probably top three, if not number one. Adam Thielen is ridiculous. Yeah. He's I think he's actually number one in every statistic right now. Mm-hmm. I think when the Packers got rid of Jordy, they were wondering what where the production was going to come from. And obviously it's Devante. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause I don't know. Do you feel he Randall, was the number three guy last year? I was going to say, do you feel Randall Cobb has kind of fallen off or regressed at all? I think so. He did, did he have injuries he, or anything like that? Or, Oh yeah. He gets, he, yeah, he definitely has frequent injuries, but not significant. Like he plays through them, but it's mm-hmm. obviously it's going to hinder you. But I think he's still a solid wide receiver, but he's not like a fucking, he's not an, He's not as well-rounded as Devontae is. No. I think he's just a good route runner. I think Devontae just can do everything well. He's got really good hands. I think he's just a good player. And he he uh, he didn't really get his time to shine when Jordy was there because Jordy was just eating up all the throws. Had that connection with, with Rodgers yeah. where Rodgers. And, and you can see that Devontae's starting to get that. And that's part of it, like, is that backyard football kind of thing when the play breaks down, just trying to get somebody open is how that team works. <clears throat> but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel like players, the way players develop is it's so dependent on like who the coach is, what team they're playing with. Like there's a lot that goes into it for sure. There's a lot that goes <clears throat> into all of it. Really? That's what makes football the best sport in the world. You gotta have, you gotta have everything. You know, that's why it's so hard to win a Super Bowl, and it's so hard to to keep winning Super Bowls. You know, the I think the only other t- the there's only three teams that have won multiple Super Bowls since I started watching. Four teams, and that's the Giants, the, the Giants, Steelers, Patriots, and Ravens. Yeah, it's and you look at the hardest league to go back to back in. I don't think it's, it's. I mean, you can do it in baseball. You can do it in 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 basketball. It's even been done in hockey. The Penguins but, just did it. I mean, you can do it in football, but it's just, I feel like it's a lot it hasn't harder. hasn't happened in fucking, like, 15 years. Right. Going there back-to-back seems a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> I 
it's just rough in the playoffs. You know, you lose a game and you're fucked. You yeah. know, it's, it's, you got to play so well. For sure. Yeah. What are we at? We're like over an hour right now. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <coughs> I got work at six, so I think I'm out. Okay. Okay, bye. Let's wrap this up. Clear Shots is available on any of your favorite podcast platforms. ClearShotsPodcast.com is the best place to find all of our social media links. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ClearShotsPod. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.